the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you, as always, by our presenting sponsor, The Athletic, a subscription based sports news website covering absolutely everything. And there's everything to cover right now. We've got an NFL combine, an NFL free agency, the NFL franchise tag window. We just had an NHL trade deadline with 23 trades. Heading into a season where teams are in cap trouble in the NHL, by the way. And of course, the NBA, where every team is in cap trouble, (laughs) outside of the Golden State Warriors, who appear to be positioning themselves for options galore, one of which could be a massive trade offer for Giannis Antetokounmpo. So stay tuned for that. The Athletics got it all covered. And I didn't even mention baseball. They've been all over the baseball stuff, the Houston Astros, the Boston Red Sox, all of these major stories that have taken the baseball offseason to another level. Visit theathletic.com slash track for 40% off. $2.99 a month, guys, for way too much content. I mean, more than you could ever imagine. Fantasy content, podcasts, all of the sports, not just the big ones I mentioned. Uh, there's just a ton of content out there for you. For, and for $2.99 a month, you can't go wrong. Again, theathletic.com slash track gets you 40% off. Okay. Kind of whip through some NFL stuff this morning. Um, we're talking Thursday, February 27th here. The franchise tag window is about to open, and we do have some updates on this, um, important updates as it relates to the CBA. One of the, the questions hanging in a balance the past couple of days, and I've been asked it a bunch, and I've deferred to I don't really know the answer yet. Well, we, we apparently do know the answer. Some lawyers have met with the NFL and the owners, And there is an answer to how this franchise tag system is going to work. As of now, because we're in the expiring CBA, you are allowed to tag a franchise player and a transition player as soon as the window is open. So the Titans can franchise tag Ryan Tannehill and transition tag Derrick Henry if they so feel inclined. If the new CBA is signed, approved, signed, ratified, comes into effect, they will that the NFL will force teams to relinquish one of those tags. So Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry would have to rescind that tag, making them completely available. So it's risky business. It's risky business because I don't think the CBA is going to get ratified. I shouldn't say anytime soon, but I'd be shocked if it was done before the March 18th year started. I'd be shocked. I just think the players are going to sit on this a bit. There's going to be some back and forth. You're going to see some of the the more notable players. I think we've already seen a few. Russell Wilson, J.J. Watt, um, really come out against some things, um, which is fine. I think, I, you know, my last show, I kind of broke down some of the, the issues I had, no bigger than the term. I just think 10 years is crazy, but I'm not, I'm not suiting up and going out there and killing myself for a lot of money. So I understand that's uh, the majority of these players may not care because they're only doing this for five years and who cares if the CBA lasts double that. But I do think there's going to be a bit of a back and forth with the players. So I'd be shocked if this thing was all buttoned up with a bow on it by March 18th, which means not only will the franchise tag window have expired, but now we're in free agency. And the second element to this, this expiring CBA is the dead cap situation. Um, as of now, you are not able to utilize the post-June 1st dead cap scenario. So, you know, although I, I'm sure the Jets would love to do that with Tremaine Johnson and save themselves a couple couple million more, uh, just not possible right now because we're on the expiring CBA rule system. 
So do I think that's going to stop teams from, from releasing people? I don't. I don't. What we've seen more and more over the past couple of years is teams would rather take everything on right now. Rip the Band-Aid off, get it done right now, um, and, and force yourself to budget around it now so that you're not do, having to do so next year. That's not going to be the case for everybody. There are certainly going to be some players who have to be treated with split dead cap because <laughs> they're on just crazy bad contracts or teams are right up against it, right? Teams like the Steelers, they're dying for the CBA to get ratified so that they can properly restructure a bunch of contracts and not have to cut five guys, which I think they'll have to do right now. I think there's probably four to five players on the Steelers' current roster, starters, by the way, who are going to get the ax because they're just in a cap situation they can't really get themselves out of, whereas traditionally before they could just restructure Ben Roethlisberger and a couple of other contracts clear themselves up enough cap to, cap to keep everybody around and go from there. Uh, just can't do that right now. So do I think it's going to affect the majority of teams? I don't. Um, I don't. I think teams are willing to take on a significant amount of dead cap right now, even if you're a contender, even if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, and you know that you know cutting a guy like Sammy Watkins is going to leave, leave a bit of a dent and Cutting a guy, cutting a couple of defensive players to fit in Chris Jones, you know, hurts. But it's in the long run, that's the decision they want to make. That you're going to see that. So you're just going to see that happen. Um, teams are in small windows. They belong in small windows right now with the hard cap system and the rookie wage scale the way it is. So you're going to see decisions made for now, versus you know, let's take a little bit now and and a little bit later and cut our losses a little bit. So I think I don't think it's going to stop too many people from doing the decisions, you know, from processing the decisions that they want to make. Too many. I think the Steelers are in trouble, <laughs> if I had to guess. I think they're going to have to make some really tough decisions. But they're a bit of a one-off here. Everybody else is in decent shape outside of Dallas, of course. Dallas has the cap space to sign pretty much everybody, and they can certainly free up some more if they need to. Uh, but, you know, that's another team that maybe wants this new CBA ratified so that they can wiggle even more and restructure a few players to really free themselves up. My guess is, and it's good business for both, that they want to front-load Dak Prescott, right? I'm, see, I'm hearing this 33 to 35 million. Who cares? Who cares, right? If it's 36 million over the first two, two or three seasons, that's all that matters. They should be front-loading. It doesn't have to be a huge signing bonus, right? Those days can be done, in my opinion. But front-load the heck out of this thing with roster bonuses and high base salaries. He's the quarterback, Okay, and outside of an injury, that's not going to burn you most times, right? Even even the Jared Goff situation, which kudos to the agent for locking in so much guarantee over the first two years. Jared Goff's not a terrible quarterback, right? He's a perfectly viable starting quarterback. Yeah, he's getting a lot of money, but that's what the position warrants right now. So I do think that in a perfect world, the Cowboys and the Steelers are, are, are sort of begging for this thing to get done so that the new CBA rules come into effect. And they can kind of go about their business the way they've always operated. I, I would throw the New Orleans Saints in that category as well. Um, generally, those are the teams that do lots of restructures and uh, kind of live and, live and die by the push-it-down-the-road mentality. They're struggling with that right now because it's just not feasible to their degree. You can do it, but you can't save as much as you used to be able to do because of the 30% rule. It's just how the math works right now. So a couple of teams that are being affected because of that side of it. But like I said, I don't think it's going to affect teams from dropping the hammer on a couple of players. And I spent the morning making 
decent sized list here from the offense, from the defense, from the special teams of players who I think are at least in consideration from being removed from their current rosters. All right. I mentioned Sammy Watkins. There's a couple of names like that. I've mentioned him before. There's a couple of new candidates out there. And I had to throw Derek Carr in this list. And I want to start it with Derek Carr because the one of the major points I wanted to get to today, I don't really want to talk about dead cap for the next 20 minutes. It's just not good radio. And, you know, I'm happy to answer those kind of questions on Twitter. But, you know, I just I don't want to sit here and sling numbers around too much, have people trail off into fantasy land here. Um, I do want to touch on Derek Carr and the quarterbacks and not in the conversation that we've generally had with them. Uh, Derek Carr got a good contract a couple of years ago, $25 million a year, which has quickly been supplanted by $10 million, by the way. We're now at 35. That's where Russell Wilson stands. So that's what's happening. So you can hate Jared Goff and that contract, but in three years, it's going to be completely irrelevant. It's just a fact. It's just going to be completely irrelevant. All right, Derek Carr didn't even get $70 million over the first three years of this contract. He made $67 million over three. Okay, that's just, I mean, that's $22 million a year, guys. That's an unbelievable value for a starting quarterback with the numbers he can produce. I understand it hasn't translated to winning. I understand that 2018 was a disaster for him, and he'll be the first to admit that. But 2017 and 2019 were pretty darn good years for Derek Carr, and I just don't think he had the ample weapons around him to push this thing any forward anymore. He's a heck of a quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback. He's an above-average quarterback, and he made $22 million a year for the first three seasons, and he's, and he's set to make about mm, a little under 20 a year for the next three on his current contract. I think he's going to get released. I don't even think he's going to get traded, okay? And the reason I say that is there are so many legitimate options out there via the free agency, via the draft, via backup guys who... You know, we're starting to hear names like Case Keenum, Chase Daniel, certainly Andy Dalton, uh, you know, and those guys aren't being rumored to teams that need a starting quarterback, okay? I, I mean, really, really take some time and try to figure out who needs a starting quarterback. I mean, really take some time. And then the second question has to be, okay, what are they looking for? Are they Are they contenders that think they just need, you know, a couple extra pushes to get themselves into the postseason or into the second, third rounds of the postseason. It's all about where that window is. I mean, we can look at Miami all day, right? We know they're drafting somebody at some point, but I'm pretty sure Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the starting quarterback week one for the Miami Dolphins. They're just not, they're just not roster ready to make any kind of push, any kind of push. And you saw that with Kyler Murray last year to some degree, I understand the decision they made to start Kyler really out of the gate. And, boy, did he take his lumps for six weeks. I mean, that that team looked historically bad for six weeks. And if you've heard the coach talk about it, he'll be the first to admit it. All right? He, he felt he was on the hot seat the first three, four weeks of that season last year. Um, and I don't think that's a great way to operate for anybody. Okay? Because if you've got a guy, especially at the quarterback position, who can't mentally handle that, and we've seen it a ton before, it just, the, the wheels just fall off. And look, I'm not going to look much farther than Arizona themselves. I think that's exactly what happened to Josh Rosen, who came in with question marks, was thrown into the wolves, and I think was pretty much spooked because of it. And may not be the same kind of quarterback ever. He's on the he's fully guaranteed contract, and I think he's on the cup block in Miami right now because there's just not a path forward for him. So that's the risk you run. 
my point here is, is this going to be an anomaly offseason where there's eight, maybe six to eight legitimate quarterback options available either via a basic trade or via just legitimate free agency, right? Obviously, we've got our Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers situation, maybe a Cam Newton, though Carolina seems to have squashed those rumors to some degree. I'm not buying it yet, <laughs> okay? I think they get the minicap, see what he is, think they can uh, do better and do better, or they at least bring in somebody in March to compete with them immediately, whether that's an April draft pick or a Teddy Bridgewater signing in March. I, I just think we're, uh, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors happening in Carolina right now, and with good reason. They shouldn't be satisfied. They shouldn't. Uh, anybody who thinks that Cam can get back to MVP form, there's a lot of work, there's a lot of work to be done there. That's fine. Yeah, it's fine to doubt that. My point is, are we going to start seeing this all the time? Right. What happens if Josh Allen regresses in Buffalo? What happens if Sam Darnold doesn't take that next step, even though we all kind of think it's coming? What if it doesn't? <laughs> right? What if Baker is a disaster again and the Browns can continue to slide down with yet another coaching regime? Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, the Jared Goff situation is sort of always the target for me because I spent on a ton of time on this show bouncing ideas back and forth last offseason basically saying I'm not positive that Jared Goff ever gets paid as a Ram. You know, I think the rookie contract could have been his ceiling. And it's not because I didn't think he was good. I told you, I think he's above average. I think he's a viable starting quarterback. But it's not, it's not a jump from A to B right now when you're talking about a second quarterback contract. It's just not. It's A to K, <laughs> right if you if you guaranteed 30 million on his rookie contract you're now guaranteeing 120 that's the number that's the threshold for a quarterback a young quarterback getting a second contract that's what Dak is looking at right now okay um you know Mahomes is probably above that at this point so it's not a small jump it's a gigantic jump and at some point and I thought it was going to be golf obviously it wasn't at some point there's going to be a team that says, no, thank you. We're just not doing that. We're, we're, we're happy with the progressions that were made over the first four to five to six years, right? This could just be a fifth-year option, six-year six franchise tag situation that I'm talking about here, and then done, done, even if it's a viable quarterback, right? Even if Josh Allen in, in Buffalo does get them back to the playoffs again and shows that he's a viable starting quarterback, at some point, teams are going to have to say, yes, but he's not $120 million guaranteed, no matter what. And it's coming. It's coming. And my point is, we're going to start to see those quarterbacks hit the free agent market because they're not going to be offered the contracts they think that they, they should get. Um, there's going to be a breaking point with this position, and it's, and it's because so many teams went young. Okay, That's what the last three years was. Everybody basically punted on whoever they had, ate the dead cap, and went high in the draft, whether it's... 2017, 2018, or 2019, right? I mean, half the league essentially tanked to some degree to get themselves high enough or draft or traded up in the draft to get themselves in a position to draft the quarterback, including the Baltimore Ravens, right? I mean, they went up to get Lamar Jackson, and they didn't have to go up very high, but they went up there to get him. Um, and they certainly made that leap, moved on from Flacco and took in, took in Lamar Jackson, that, that happened. That was a three-year window where half the league did this. 
it's not sustainable. There's no chance that 16 teams hit the jackpot with these quarterbacks. There's just no chance. And my point is, for the last five years, it's just sort of been a, a written-in-stone guarantee. If you drafted a guy in the first round, right, it's kind of like the old trade thing. If you gave, if you tr- gave up a first-round pick for a player, I'm looking at Dallas and Amari Cooper right now, you almost feel obligated to extend that player to a new contract. Not sure they're going to do it, by the way. And that's, that's exactly the point I'm making here with the quarterback position is, is there going to be or who is going to be the team that just says, thanks for your, thanks for your time. It's been great. You know, you've, you've been successful. We, we, we think that you've had a successful tenure here. We just can't jump to K. All right. We, we uh, you know, it's somewhat abusive, right? We're abusing the rookie wage scale and that's fine. It's there. It's not, you know, it's not illegal, um, but it's coming. I, I wonder, I, I know there's a lot of Rams fans that were on my side, especially now. I wonder if there's buyer's remorse inside of the Rams front office right now. Like I said, Goff is completely fine. Goff could come back and have an MVP season next year. He certainly has the weapons around him. Um, but there's going to be a breaking point, and, I, and I'm interested to see who it's going to be. And, and I'm not talking about, you know, if Baker has another bad season, are they just done with them? Because Baker hasn't been good enough to get into the contract. He just hasn't. Okay, he hasn't. Josh Allen has been good enough. He's at least in the conversation, right? He's in that, if it's a, if it's a scale of 1 to 10, are you going to be the franchise quarterback for the next five years? He's a 7 right now, right? He's, he's, he's comfortably over half because of the success he's had and the progressions he's made. But like I said, if, it does, if 2020 is a regression year for him and he slides more back to a, to a 5, um, you know, heading into, he'll, he'll be extension eligible after 2020. So there's still going to be year four, fifth year option franchise tag available to Buffalo. That's a lot of time. Okay. <laughs> That's a lot of time for, and if you think your ceiling is seven and it's not nine or no, it's not Mahomes 10, which we were pretty confident it's not, um, you know, you now, you now got three years to get yourself to can I give him 120 or at that point it's going to be 150 million guaranteed. Uh, it's just coming. I, I, I want to put it out right now because it is coming. And like I said, this isn't, this isn't the guy, this isn't the bust. Okay. Baker's a bit of a bust right now and he'll, he'll own that. He'll own that at some degree. Okay. That's not who I'm talking about here. I'm talking about golf last season and Josh Allen, maybe after this season. Okay. Those players who are, nearing the point of, of needing an extension. Um, and just does the team have the stones to go from A to K financially? We're going we're gonna to get to a point where it's gonna, not going to happen. Keep an eye out for it. I'll be talking about it a lot more. It's going to be how I evaluate things, right? It's not going to be – look, at the quarterback, the quarterback evaluation process has gotten pretty easy. Like I said, like I broke down with Dak. If you're worth a damn and you're on a franchise that can win, which all signals point to he is – then just look at the top thresholds. That's just life right now, okay? You can say he's not worth 35, he's only worth 33, but his agent will never accept that. It's just not fact. It's just a fact. The cap is rising 10 million every year, all right? The the revenue is rising every year. There's new TV money coming. There's all, all the signs point to players making more money. And if you're a quarterback, you are step one of that process. So I can fully understand, Dak, shutting down all conversation with the, with the Cowboys who are trying to nickel and dime a couple of places. It's just not possible. Okay. It's 36 a year. It's 120 guaranteed. 
Okay, it's not, you know, it's 95 to 100 over the first three years. That's just life. That's just that's life as a, as a starting quarterback who can, you know, complete 60%, 65% of your passes-ish and, uh, you know, keep the interceptions at bay. That's just life. Uh, it's coming, though. All right? Again, Mariota and Winston, not candidates for this conversation I'm having. They just weren't good enough. Now, you can say Winston had the numbers. So to some degree, maybe he is at the beginning of this conversation. Uh, I mean, Mariota just flat out lost his job, so he's out. He's out for this. He's more of a he swings more towards the bus than he does the, uh, you know, just wasn't worth paying conversation. Winston is that's why I think it's why a lot of people are having trouble figuring out what happens to Jameis Winston in the next two to three weeks, because he's not exactly a bust. You know, he's shown that he can throw thirty to forty touchdowns. It's just he's reckless. <laughs> he is entertainingly reckless. So there's, it seems like there's a bridge deal coming, whether that starts with a franchise tag or whether it's hit the open market and go to try to value yourself elsewhere, see what the Raiders might offer him, see what the Chargers might offer him, and then if you end up back in Tampa, fine. Um, I, I tend to think that's the way, direction this goes, by the way. Go out and have somebody else evaluate you in free agency, and then we'll discuss if we can afford that or we want to afford that back in Tampa. Um, that's a bit of where I am. That's, the, that's, the, that's sort of the beginning of this conversation. That's where, you know, that's where Josh Allen may be in three years after that fifth-year option, which is what we saw Winston and Mariota just play out. So, again, it's, it's starting. I, I wouldn't fully qualify Jameis Winston in this conversation because I just don't think he was consistently good enough to qualify yet. I'm looking for a player who may have actually taken his team to the playoffs and may have actually won over the franchise to some degree. And still, the franchise turns around and says, just can't go there. We just can't. We just, from a cash and cap standpoint, it's just not right. It's not good business to go there right now. And I understand that's, that's a negative takeaway from a player's perspective. And I'm certainly not saying that you know players shouldn't go and get their money. I'm just thinking from a team-building standpoint, I think we're approaching a situation where viable quarterbacks, like we've seen this year, aren't going to get that second contract in their current city. And then it's going to be fair game. They'll be legitimate free agents. They'll be, I mean, you know, it's not, it's not unlike the Bryce Harper situation and the Manny Machado situation in baseball, okay? I mean, the Nationals had a price point with Bryce Harper. It had some constraints, like deferred money and things like that. And Harper just said, can't do it, all right? Now, that was on Harper. But to some degree, it was also on Washington, Right, it was Washington saying, "No, no, no, we're not, we're not going to break the new threat. We're not going to break the glass and go forty-five million more and three years extra, just because that's what has always happened." Right, that's what the pool horses of the world did, and that's what you know. All of these players from the from the last generation that just got me interested in baseball money. To be fair, <laughs> okay, a rod, right? Um, the, the Nationals basically put their foot down and said, we're just not doing that. We're not going to be reckless with this. If you can go find reckless, go get it. Uh, I think that's the conversation we're starting to have with quarterbacks. And until a team actually does it, it's just the hypothesis. But just don't be surprised if over the next two to three years, it becomes a reality. Because, look, if Jared Goff doesn't come back to form in 2020, and he had a solid year, didn't have a terrible year, but, you know, sites like mine that are out there and Twitter feeds like mine that are out there that continually talk about how 
you know, he ranks 20th in terms of production. If that's, you know, I'm just guessing. I'm, I certainly don't have anything in front of me. But if he's 20th in production and third in average salary, that's a gap. Okay. <laughs> that's a gap. All right. So enough about that. Just wanted to kind of put that out there that I, I really do think it's coming. And uh, like I said, I'm not going to identify any team specifically. Josh Allen is in my head because he's kind of my local quarterback here. And I think he, I think it makes a little bit of sense. I think even as I sit here, you know, I live here among this fan base. You love him because of what he just did. But at the end of the day, you can watch some film and you're like, yeah, right. Did he really lateral that freaking ball? Um, you know, that's nitpicky. But I, the, the, the global point here is, you know, on a week-to-week -week basis, I don't think anybody's super comfortable with him, but he's cheap and he's young, and you're allowing him to, to progress and grow. And when the time comes and his agent sits down with the Buffalo front office and says, all right, it's time for $135 million guaranteed, <laughs> right? And there's really no wiggle room. There just isn't. There's no wiggle room. It's a yes or no because uh, of the position and the, and the importance of that position. So when that happens... Will the Bills be the team that says, no, thanks, but no thanks. We're going to go back into the draft or we're going to go out and find a perfectly viable, try to think of somebody who might be available at this point. Uh, I wish I had a list in front of me. Let's say, who, who's going to be available? Maybe a perfectly available Kirk Cousins, who's 34 years old, something along that line, right? A perfectly available, that's what I mean. It's going to be tough. Guys, it's going to be tough to replenish, right? Jimmy Garoppolo. What if Jimmy Garoppolo falls out of the wayside and doesn't get a third contract with the 49ers? Matthew Stafford. Okay? I just I think the Tom Brady 20-year career with one franchise is a myth now. That's a myth. And that's every sport. That's, I mean, that's just, I mean, free agency and the trades and player movement and player empowerment it's just dominating the sports world right now it's fine makes my life crazy interesting uh, but just keep an eye out for it i think it's coming and uh very interested to see which team is actually the first to put their foot down all right i want to switch to just a few of these roster cuts that i put out this morning because i did not mention this name and not that i'm not that the buzz is picking up for it but i want to i want to I, I, I apologize to Los Angeles fans that I'm going to pick on the Rams yet again, but I do want to put a bit of substance to this conversation because if it happens, you know, it's not about really wanting to be on record for it, but I want people to be aware of why this might happen. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised that I mentioned Todd Gurley's roster spot might be in jeopardy. Uh, the, the degenerative knee issue, whatever degree it is, they certainly babied him last year from a usage standpoint. And that's, perfectly fine if there really is a problem uh you know the, the problem is they they also paid him 27 million dollars over the first two years so when you put it, the numbers behind it again it's just an ugly situation and fortunately you know the two conversations we're having about that kind of thing are both related to the rams the rams also forfeited three top 50 draft picks over the next couple of years for jalen ramsey who is entering a fifth-year option and is going to going to need a contract close to $20 million a year when it's all said and done because of where the cornerback market is about to go. You know, maybe, maybe more towards $18, $19 million, but um, look, I, <laughs> the Rams better win the Super Bowl this year is kind of the point I'm making. If they keep this, this train together, if they don't trade Brandon Cooks, 
if they don't release Robert Woods, if they allow Todd Gurley's guaranteed money to lock in here, which I'm going to talk about in a second, if they really just kind of keep this thing together, which I'd lean towards them doing because I do think they like what they have. They just had kind of fallen under some bad luck here. Uh, if that's the case, then they better win because they're all in. They were all in the second they extended Goff. They were even more all in, recklessly all in, the second they traded for Jalen Ramsey and what they gave up for him. Um, just the king's ransom to Jacksonville to get at a quarterback, cornerback who is certainly, you know, worth a big contract, but worth that plus a big contract? I don't know. Boy, that's tough. I mean, that is very, very tough because you can just certainly stay away from Jalen Ramsey on the field, which is what many teams did in 2019, <laughs> okay? Uh, still nice to have, but yikes, what they had to give up, and they haven't even paid yet. Here's the thing. Let's talk about Todd Gurley because to some degree, the Rams' life can be made a little bit easier if they do release Todd Gurley in the next couple of days here. March 20th is the big day, right? That's the third day of the new league year. Here's what happens. His roster bonus for this year, which is already guaranteed, is paid. Fine. If you can trade him before that, you don't have to pay it. I just don't think this is tradable. Okay, I'm not even going to spend time on trading Ty Gurley because I don't think it's tradable. I've heard a lot of people out there say, well, what if they attached a pick to it? That's all good, but they mortgaged most of their picks for Jalen Ramsey. So I'm going to, I'm going to make that a non-entity right now. And we're just going to talk about if they release Todd Gurley. Okay? As it currently stands, pre-March 20th, he holds $12.6 million of dead cap. Okay? And his cap hit is $17.25 million. So there they are. There's $4.6 million to be saved right now by trading, by releasing Todd Gurley. Um, if I say that out loud, is your first reaction absolutely they should do it? Or is it, uh, he's still Todd Gurley, right? But they should just keep him and see what happens, try to trade him maybe in the middle of the year. I think six months ago, I was, uh, this guy's a Ram through 2020 no matter what because of the situation. Um, now, having said it out loud, and it's the reason I brought it up today on the show, because this morning I had the same inkling, I, I think there's a real, real strong consideration that Gurley's off this roster in the next couple of days. Really strong. Um, my guess is they're trying like hell to find a trade partner and maybe having to restructure to make that happen. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it because I, my guess is every other front office in the league has already had the conversation that I just gave you, which is they can save money. They need it. It's not just saving cap, by the way, because I, what, this is what happens on March 20th. His $5.5 million salary for this year, full of guarantees, and his $5 million roster bonus for next year, full of guarantees. Okay, so now you're adding $10.5 million to that dead cap, and it's $10.5 million cash, by the way, not just cap. So... If they were to let that lock in and then cut him, they would owe him $18 million cash. That's not happening. That's just, that's completely reckless, okay? So it's now or never in terms of release. They can certainly try to keep tr trading him. They can keep him on the roster and try to trade him either now, the off season, or into the season up to the deadline. Perfectly possible, but not likely. It's just not likely because I think everybody knows what I just said, which is, they got to get rid of him. 
one of these things has to break, right? It's not going to be Aaron Donald. It's not going to be Jared Goff. Okay, it might be Brandon Cooks. Maybe there's a trade partner out there for Brandon Cooks, although it's messy, and they're going to lose money. They're going to lose dead cap. They're going to lose cap to trade him. So that's not even a financial win for them. All right, maybe it's releasing Robert Woods, which is a bad football move. <laughs> Just is. They can clear some cap, but it's a bad football move. All right, taking away weapons for for Jared Goff, not a good idea right now. Uh, it'll clear up about five million if they release Robert Woods. Uh, I don't think that's likely, unless they think they can go into the draft and find a third round pick that can replace him. We'll see. Can they can they extend Jalen Ramsey and save some cap? Maybe, but because we're in the experience CBA, it's going to have to qualify to the 30% rule, which means that first-year cap it isn't going to be four or five million dollars like, like we generally see with new extensions in order to clear some cap space. It's just not. It's going, to have to, it's going to have to live up to the remainder of the contract. And in most cases, these are going to be front-loaded deals this offseason. So that's completely controversial. You know, that's completely the opposite of what the Rams would want to do in order to extend Jalen Ramsey. So it's possible that that happens if the new CBA gets ratified in the next month or so. Very possible. Save some cap doing that. But my point is, right now, if the decision has to be made by March 20th, which it would on Todd Gurley because of everything I just laid out, I think the favor, right, if I had to put betting odds on it, I'd say the, you know, the minus odds are he's released. And they clear four, four or so million in cap, they save legitimate cash. They're going to have to pay him seven five five. That's the roster bonus. They're going to have to pay that to him. All right. Uh, I think it's okay. I think that's okay. Cut your losses before a lot more fills in. Because if that all does go happen, right? If the five million guarantees next year, it, they're not much better off than they are right now. So why pay for a player you just know isn't going to be a, a major part of your offense? You know, why push it down the line? Just get it done. You need the cap space. You know, you could free up a roster spot. You can go and get any of 12 to 15 legitimate running backs that are, that are going to become available, you know, and put them on a veteran minimum contract. We've seen that now so many times. Um, there's just going to be options out there. There's no question. And then not to mention you can go and draft the third or fourth round pick this year or next year and hope they work out. Right, you've already got Malcolm Brown. You've got a couple of players on your team that can sort of backfill that right now, but it's pretty darn easy to replace a running back in the current model. So I do think we're getting there, guys. I think we're getting to a point where Todd Gurley's out the door in the next week or so, maybe two weeks. They're going to try to trade him right now. They're having hush hush conversations with other teams right now, but I just I, nobody's. I, I can't imagine anybody biting for the same reason I can't imagine somebody biting on David Johnson, even though it's a very similar situation in Arizona. DJ's not going to be a major part of that offense. There's, you know, they want to bring back Kenyon Drake. They've got a couple of other options, and they're going to be an air attack offense. So, you know, unless he can catch 50 balls out of the backfield like he used to do, it's just not likely. But for the same, for the same breath, because of his contract, it's just not a tradable contract. Now, maybe, maybe Arizona is better positioned to include a draft pick and have somebody buy David Johnson's contract for the draft pick. Maybe that's a better situation for them. I don't think it's tenable for the Rams because of everything they've mortgaged to the state. But that's just my thinking. I do think that we're heading towards a world where Todd Gurley is released, outright released. The Rams take on 12.6 million of dead cap. They clear themselves about four, 
four and a half, and uh, go on with their business from there. To me, it's the best fi- business move based on all the other scenarios they have in place right now. It's not a, like I said, they could, they could win the Super Bowl and we'd all have to shut the heck up <laughs> because, you know, it, I'm not going to fault the team for going all in, especially on the positions they paid an edge rusher, a cornerback, a cornerback, uh, and, and a wide receiver in Brandon Cooks. I'm not going to argue with that. Okay. I'm just not. Now, paying the running back, boy, it's getting tougher to justify any of it anymore. But hopefully we've got a couple of uh, examples of, of wins in that regard soon, one of which could be Christian McCaffrey. You know, maybe a bounce-back year from Le'Veon Bell, maybe a big year from Zeke Elliott. Boy, do they, does that position need it. They need their, uh, their big numbers to produce. We'll see. It's, it's looking real bad right now, and I, think, I do think that uh, Gurley falls by the wayside because of it. Okay. What's coming on the Spot Trek podcast? We're going to have some fun soon. I've been holding off on the baseball stuff. I've got Cousin Dan doing a ton of research. Uh, we're going to have a blowout episode soon, which is basically we're going to look back every single team, who they lost, who they added, what does that mean for wins, actual wins on the field. We're going to do over-unders on wins with every team, you know, bet, betting favorites, what do we like, you know, who should you bet on in terms of wins. We're going to look at the fantasy side of it all. Oh, so t- players that were added to new teams, right? Uh, what's their impact? What's Anthony Rendon's impact on the Angels? What's Garrett Cole's impact to the Yankees, who are, by the way, <laughs> already reaching out to local hospitals to fix half of their team? Because, oh, my goodness, Louis Severino, Giancarlo Stanton, James Paxton, it's not good. I mean, we're seeing another version of 2019 all over again, and we haven't even pop the cherry on spring training to, to some degree. So uh, better now than later, I guess, if you're a Yankees fan, that's what, the, that's what happened last year. Everything kind of came together at the right time, and they, they did make a heck of a, of a playoff run. But you, you were kind of hoping that was out of the way, and 2020 was going to be a nice, clean, successful year. And that's certainly not the case as we sit here in late February. But we're going to have a huge, big episode on baseball, which nothing makes me happier. Um, so make sure to keep an eye out for that. We're going to swing it back to basketball real soon um, and just really start to look ahead to this offseason because it's not glaringly fun, okay? And I realize that's not good radio. I'm not teasing it very well right now, but it's not glaringly going to be your Kevin Durant's and your LeBron James and your Russell Westbrook's. Um, what we do have, and I, I kind of tease it at the beginning of this show, we do have a Golden State Warriors team that is the worst team in basketball right now that in three days is going to get Steph Curry back in the court. And then obviously by the next off season, we'll have Clay Thompson back in the fold and we'll have maybe two first round picks and Andrew Wiggins and all sorts of fun players that they could either flip and trade and possibly a number one draft pick to go with it. And like I said, now the rumors are that they're stockpiling assets either to win Right. I mean, who knows if this Wiggins thing ends up working out and they just continue on with what they have with a Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond top four and, uh, you know, take take over the West again. Or if they don't think it's got that kind of leverage. Right. If they don't think Wiggins is the guy is the wingman for these players, then they package him with a bunch of draft picks similar to what we saw the Clippers do this offseason for the Kawhi and Paul George situation. Uh, And they go out and do that. And they find their Kevin Durant replacement to some degree, whether that's Giannis or whether that's TBD. But it does sound like they're positioning themselves for any scenario, 
which is fun because that's not a bad team. This is, we're not talking about the Knicks trying to rebuild, and we won't. Don't worry. <laughs> because unless anything happens there, that's not a team worth talking about, unfortunately. Um, there will be teams to talk about. There will be players to talk about. I think Chris Paul's really interesting this offseason. So we're going we're gonna to start to really dive into some of the future situations in the NBA. Um, I realize we're five months removed from the actual offseason, but, um, you know, we can only do so much talk about who's going to win the NBA championship and who's going to win the MVP. Of course, we're going to do that. And, you know, if the Rockets keep winning these games with this ridiculous lineup, we're going to have to talk about the Rockets at some point as well because from a team-building standpoint, they're breaking the mold. So those are the kind of the things we're, we're keeping an eye on here. Certainly we'll get those into future shows. We're going to branch out a little bit too. I'm going to try to get a couple of guys on from the Draft Network. I really like the tools they have for mock drafting and college player profiling. And they're doing a ridiculous amount of work. We're going to try to get them on, maybe have a live mock draft on the air. Certainly hear about what they're doing, how they're doing what they're doing, and how you can all be impacted by that as well. So lots of fun things to come. It's a crazy busy season for Spot Track in terms of teams, off seasons, teams flipping into, you know, there's a lot of teams that are out of it in the NBA right now, let's be frank. So there's a lot of teams looking forward, and the NHL for that matter. So for a lot of teams, you know, these last 20 or so regular season games are just fluff. So we'll try to uh, speak more to the substance of what's coming for their offseason. We're going to have some fun with that. Keep an eye on The Athletic for all this. By the way, they do this every day, okay? They're incredible journalists doing long-form podcasts and long-form articles that speak to everything I just spoke to. And we're, we're thankful to be able to read through a lot of their stuff and get some great ideas and some great information from them. And we will certainly push to have more of those guys on our show and vice versa so that we can collaborate even more on the discussions we're having. Lots of big things to come with The Athletic and Spy Track in 2020. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back on Tuesday. 